Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Lieber. Wrong and wronger, I can't imagine you're here on purpose. James and I, though, we come back week after week, and I know at some point we'll break up, but one of us will probably be dead, and that's the reason it'll happen. I'm your host, Steve Olivas, and he is my sidekick riding in that little car next to the motorcycle. James, the exploding unicorn, break well. I said that with a little bit of an Irish accent, James. How are you doing today? Well, I thought there was nothing lower than being a co-host on this podcast, but being a sidekick <laughs> on this podcast is actually somehow a step down. So not great, Steve. Not great. Oh, James, I'm sorry to hear that because... And this is the podcast where every week we argue about things that don't matter to anybody, and the numbers could not be more indicative of that fact. <laughs> but James, I'm sorry to hear you're not doing well because you fulfilled a lifelong bucket list item this week. Did I? You mean my bucket list or your bucket list? No, your bucket list. All so the begging. All the pleading, <laughs> all the, the, the rallying, the troops calling my wife, my mother, my neighbors. Can I get my picture in Steve's office? And finally, the answer is yes. <laughs> I, I do appreciate <laughs> that my picture is in the room where you spend the most time. And also, it you usually what you do in there, you know, you, you, you literally deposit in the toilet, whereas... Here, you just kind of figuratively spew that out of your mouth. So really, it's the, it's the oh, same kind oh, of thing. Yeah, the symmetry. And really, it's oddly appropriate. But I think my favorite thing about that is that now, on the off chance somebody actually likes you enough to go over to your house, they're going to walk into that bathroom, and they're going to have questions. And every oh, time, you're going to have to tell them the story of how I sent that to you. Also, also, also... I was quite uh, flattered that you framed it. So yeah. clearly you value both my image and my signature. <laughs> okay, first of all, nothing could be further from the truth. But <laughs> I will do you one better. It's not in my house. It's in my office. And oh. so now I get to explain to clients who come <laughs> in and say, what is that all about? I'll be like, listen. I got a whole room of pictures of celebrities, and then I know a guy named James. And so this is the way that we do things here. I, I got to say, I ran through scenarios when I, when I plopped down the money for this. I was like, where is this actually going to end up? And the outcome <laughs> of being framed in your bathroom is actually better than what I expected. I really thought the oh. most... I thought the most likely outcome was like just put back in the tube and shoved away, probably with that laptop that you're never going to open. And then the, the, sec the second most likely scenario was like defaced and destroyed on video. So really, immortalized for all time in the bathroom, that's, that's better than what I'm expecting. I'm, I'm okay with this outcome. James, I tell you what, uh, it unleashed a maelstrom of ideas from some very fiendishly creative people on what to do with that thing. And uh, my wife said, don't make this a permanent 
installation in the bathroom. We're going to have to do different things with that picture over time. And I thought, yes, we will. <laughs> Some of them probably not going to be fit for YouTube, James, but they're going to be fun nonetheless. Well, I'm glad that it has now become an integral, integral part of your life. I don't give bad gifts, only good ones. And I knew what you were lacking from your life was an image of me. And the great thing is, I, not only have I achieved my bucket list of not just being on your wall of fame, but being on my own wall of fame, but I fulfilled oh. your secret bucket list item of getting a picture of me on your wall. I knew you were too proud to ask, oh. but deep down I knew what you wanted. But since this is our bucket list episode, or so we, we tried to pretend so that we could talk <laughs> about this, what are the other items that don't involve my face that are on your bucket list? You know what, James? I, I will answer the question in a second. I believe, I'm looking around at all the pictures on my wall, of all the pictures on my wall of fame, I believe you were on this show before any of them. Or <laughs> <laughs> on uh, my other show, The Commute. So, <laughs> of all the pictures that are hanging in the office from The Commute, you were guest numero uno of them. <laughs> I was first, and yet I was the last to be put on the wall. I, I see how it is. <laughs> Well, that's assuming I won't be getting others, but there's some more on the way. Oh, that's... Before we sign off, in case anybody missed it on one of our Twitter feeds, I will walk the phone down the aisle and show people your picture on your own wall of fame. But to circle back to your question, I actually put a little bit of thought into my bucket list, and I'm sure you did too. Because, of course. <laughs> uh, your preparation happens about five minutes from now for this show, but... I brought one thing back. I would say, of all of my bucket list items, there's only one that sort of hits me on an emotional level that I think I really, really want to have this someday. And it's one that we talked about in the Powerball episode a week or two ago. But I would like to have a real Rolex someday. And I know that you don't understand that and it sort of befuddles you when you think about it, but that's kind of at the top of the list. And I've got uh, one, two, three, four more here. One, on the commute and hanging on one of the real walls and not the Breakwell <laughs> Wall of Fame, I'd like to interview either Heather, Lo this is in descending order, like my number one, Heather Locklear, at some point, I will come face to face or face to phone, sounds a little <laughs> creepy that way, with Heather Locklear or Steve Perry or John Bon Jovi. Those are sort of the, uh, the, uh, the, the trifecta, one of them for me. I would like to monetize wrong or wronger. I would make, <laughs> like to make a freaking dollar off of this show. Wait, 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 wait. I believe years. I what? once sent you a dollar because of this that show. That was on a bet that you lost. On this podcast, you made a dollar. Oh, well, okay. If we're going to play that game, uh, our uh, one of our... Uh, wealthier listeners, Ken, did send me a roll of Guam quarters one time, too. <laughs> you were rolling uh, in it over there. Holy cow. <laughs> I almost did. Like, spread it out on the floor and roll naked in it. I'm not going to tell you what I did with your dollar bill. <laughs> anyway, the last two items. One, call a pro baseball game. Even if it's minor league. Even A ball. I Just to call a pro baseball game. I finally got into pro sports as I'm the voice of the arena football team here in Nashville. And then last thing on the list. 
break up with break well. But that one is sort of off, and I don't even know if that's achievable during our lifetimes. You know, you can't file from divorce from somebody you're not married to. We don't have any business contracts. There's nothing tying us together, yet we can't escape. Like, we're not, we're not even geographically close to each other. It's really inexplicable how we both got tangled in the same web. But I have to say, I, I do enjoy how predictable you are, because when you mentioned bucket list, I was like, I'm sure that Rolex is going to be on there, because, you know, Oh, Steve, no! Steve doesn't—he doesn't have any deeper ambitions. He's a surface guy. This is—that's where he's gonna go. But you know what? After the last podcast, one every once in a while, actually, I'm not gonna say every once in a while. Exactly one time you said something that stuck with me. I was really—I'm not gonna say intrigued by your thing with the Rolex. But I was—I was confused. So I actually started doing research because it was—it was the second watch conversation I'd had in a few days because I had oh. gone and you know over the last year I upgraded my wardrobe and got my clothes fitted and did all that and my wife had told me you know the last thing you need is a nice watch and i thought yeah okay whatever at some point and then you said the watch thing again i was like what the heck i wonder how much a rolex even is i looked it up and they cost as much as like a nice car it was like even the used ones even the old junky ones like there is no junky rolex and uh what did you find and so I anyway, I thought, what's like a Rolex, but not a Rolex? And started researching that, and it consumed like four days of my life to figure <laughs> out how I could get the cheapest possible watch that still looked kind of nice. And I ended up, I got, I, I, I took, went out of your Rolex price range, like down like 95 tiers. And I found one that was, you know, maybe not expensive, but like expensive for me. And then I found it used on eBay. And then they offered me $9 off on that. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get that one. So I do have uh, what I would define as a nice watch now, but it's not, it's not a Rolex. I guess the Rolex, this whole thing is it's like, it takes a year to make them and they're, they're all mechanical. And it just, it seemed like you're paying for an inferior price products you have to wind them all the time like this watch i got nope. i ended up getting one that's like it's 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 quartz it's not it's not it doesn't have all the moving parts but the whole idea is it gets recharged by solar energy so in theory you never have to replace the battery or twist that knob again which i thought if i'm going to pay oh why am i going to pay more money to be doing all this manual labor of twisting it when i could just get this one and never twist it again but i, I guess you can enlighten me what what is so special about those rolexes James, first of all, you're the most twisted person I know, so that activity shouldn't be difficult for you to accomplish. Second of all, Rolexes, you don't have to wind. Like, they have what's called automatic, uh, I think it's called automatic movement, but when you walk, the motion of your oh. arm winds the watch. And third of all, <laughs> I can get you to a website that can get you a good Rolex fake for under $200. Well, I mean, well, okay. First of all, that that's still at the top of my watch price range, just so we're clear. <laughs> Your cheapest <laughs> Rolex is gonna outprice me, but um, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I hate fake things, honestly. Like my biggest pet peeve in the world is fake drawers. If you're gonna make it look like there's a drawer there, there better be a drawer, and I would be very upset if there's not a drawer. So I didn't, I didn't want like a fake Rolex. I wanted a watch that admitted what it was. I just wanted it to be nice, like a Rolex. And honestly, like. I, so there was that whole thing, our, our new president had a Rolex and that caused some controversy for some reason. But you look at it, it's just, they're just not that impressive of watches to look at. Like if you took the Rolex name off of it, would anybody even care? What was the bottom of the price range that you found for a used Rolex? I think it was like $3,500 was the cheapest one I okay. saw. I, I could be wrong, I but that, that's what I recall. I said about three. 
It's interesting. I don't know that I can answer what the allure is other than uh, it's just sort of one of those things that people look at and start a conversation about. And then I can minimize the importance to me and say, oh, this old thing, <laughs> you know, that kind of line. But I do know, like, uh, Vanderbilt University is here in Nashville. And it is, as of a few years ago, I looked it up, literally the most expensive four-year college for an undergrad degree in the country. Really? And Vanderbilt? I, think, Why? I would not have guessed yeah, that. Yeah, I know. There's a couple of small private schools that are kind of close. But Vanderbilt was, when you add in room and board and everything, it's north of sixty grand a year. Ooh. And I'm thinking, why would you want to spend $60,000 a year to go to a school that gives you the same degree you can get? at at any four-year public institution? And the answer is because you start networking with other people who can afford a (laughs) $60,000 a year school. And those become your business networks. Uh, That becomes your business network as you kind of grow up and move on in life. But Rolex doesn't quite get you hooked into the country club and everything, but people who know what Rolexes are can spot one across the room and they'll come over and start the conversation. And James, at some point, I got to start talking to people other than you. People who have higher aspirations. People who mean something out there, Breakwell. I don't know what higher possible aspiration you could have than being on this (laughs) podcast. I mean, honestly, this is this is the peak. This is this is all I had ever hoped for, which is why I did not think of a bucket list beforehand. Um, one of one of my bucket list items is not breaking up with this podcast. Even though every time I hear your call, I think, do we really have to do this? Is this podcast still going on? But one thing I would like my my aspirations are not just about yeah. the acquisition of material things. I would like to build skills. One thing I would like to learn is how to play like an electric keyboard. So I feel like of all the instruments, I I have no musical ability whatsoever. I played the saxophone briefly in fourth grade. It was awful for me. It was awful for my parents. Everybody was so glad when I quit. But like, I feel like the keyboard is so close to typing that I could probably do it. And I did like rock band and those, those, you know, guitar hero type games like that where you just (laughs) push buttons and it's just, you know, it's like that, but laid down. And there's even some computer programs you can get that like teach you and they turn it into a game where they pop it up and you push the button. So long term, before I die, I would like to learn to play the keyboard. I have no idea what I would do with that skill, but when I get put in the ground, I will have that skill. That is my plan. I tell you. If you can walk up to a piano at a party and sit down and play something recognizable, you'll draw a crowd. That's a cool skill to have. I, I think so. And, and, you know, there you go. So I will have I will have hangers on at parties. That's that's now my official reason for wanting to do it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is there anything you want to learn how to do or just, just learn how to tune that watch? Man, if I had a Rolex, I wouldn't have to learn to do anything. <laughs> People would be willing to do things for me, just falling all over themselves. Uh, learn to do, oh crap, I dropped my pen. <laughs> Probably learn to grip a pen a little bit more firmly. As I get older, that gets harder to do in general. But uh, learn to do probably not, but get better at things that I do do. Like say the word doo-doo on a podcast and get away with it. But like uh, writing, as uh, you and I are writing books, and so we, we got to get better at that. And uh, just like I said, call a pro baseball game. Like I'd like to get better at doing that. And so improve on the skills that I already have. I've tried doing different things, uh, learning a different language. I took piano lessons for a couple years. Like I'm okay at those things, but nothing holds my interest as much as frankly, what we're doing now. I love doing, I do four podcasts a week, man. I love doing this kind of thing. I like doing play by play. I like writing books. 
and I, and I have a and I have a radio show on Sunday nights too. It's a long week for me, Breakwell. There's, but I like doing that stuff. There's a lot to unpack there. Although one thing's bothering me from a few minutes ago, and I lost my train of thought, but I want to go back to it. I think your numbers are outdated. I want to say when I was looking at colleges back in 2002 or 2003, there were some colleges that were 50 or 60,000. I, I could be wrong on this, and maybe our one or two listeners will double check me on that. I, I know mm-hmm. we have a, a NASA scientist out there who can verify the ride of the Mississippi. I don't know if they can verify college prices, <laughs> but I want to say there's some colleges now that are touching the six figures, the 100,000 for a year. I could be wrong. I, I, I'd like to know too. I would like to know too. I think it's because again, if it was fifty or sixty back when I was uh, looking at colleges for like the top tier ones, I've got to think in the however many years it's been since then, probably only two or three, because I'm just a young guy. But since then, the price I'm sure has only gone up. Uh, but what, yeah. what's your radio show on uh, on the weekend? I think you've mentioned it in passing before, but I try to forget everything you tell me. So remind me again, what is the radio show? <laughs> it's called the Pantheon on Guitar God Radio, and we talk metal. <laughs> You have so after all the people you interview about heavy metal, you have more metal stuff to talk about for a yes, genre that's not so even made it, anymore. Like it doesn't exist. There's no new content coming out. <laughs> I tell you, it's hard to find bands in America that make metal anymore. Like a lot of them are European, and I've had some of them on the show. And there's a whole language thing, and it makes me nuts. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. But there's uh, I get uh, I think the last I get between eight and. Th- 10,000 people that listen from Holy front cow. to back all over the world every year or every week, every wow. Sunday night. And you I haven't know. you haven't directed a single one of them to this our dying podcast out here it's, with our two why listeners. Why do I want to wreck a good thing? <laughs> what if we had five listeners? Like then what? What are we going to do with that much? Oh man, you're getting too meta. Now we're now we're really taking this the bucket list out to like what if what if we had 10,000 <laughs> listens a week or 100,000. What would it really even change? And I told you like uh, early we on. We could monetize wrong and wrong. I told you early on. I'm like, I don't even want to monetize it. If it's going to be like, I don't want to advertise like tomato paste for like 10 bucks a week. Like unless, <laughs> unless it's like a whole bunch of money. I don't, I don't even see the point of bothering. Like my integrity is so it worth so little anyway. And I know that I hate actually putting a price on it. Like look at the $50 I made for selling out. Like, ah, come on. I can, I can do better than that. <laughs> So I kind of enjoy the fact that we don't, you know, we don't get listeners. And also, I think every product that's ever been advertised on a podcast is terrible. Even podcasts I respect and what? learn from, and then they like advertise like some, you know, some ab belt or like some mattress that you know that you know has has uh, reviews online that have been paid for and all these everything. I mean, nothing nothing that is advertised on a podcast is ever high quality. There's all these uh, you know these food delivery meal prep services that are a horrible deal and they're all going out of business anyway. I mean, wow. can you think of anything you? bought that was advertised on a podcast that was actually a good value for the money first of all i want to apologize to any potential ad for the <laughs> just stuck a knife through the heart of the one person going to advertise with us <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things james <laughs> you're never getting that rolex now <laughs> god well, I had a sponsor for about four months on the commute, and I thought they had good stuff. But you're not going to say who it is because they're no longer sponsored by you. Oh, no, I'm, I, I don't mind saying. I didn't know if you cared, but it was uh, hair and skincare products called Monate. Those are... You know, and uh, it, it's, it's hard to measure the results of products like that, though. It's 
It's like the, uh, the gray amorphous well, it's, thing. It's you know the, the placebo effect. You can't. Really, I don't. Know. I, I'm. I am convinced that there's no no material difference between a good shampoo and a bad shampoo, or a good skincare product <laughs> or a bad skincare product. I'm sure half of our three listeners are outraged right now, but I'm going to stand you know, by I, that. I forgot who I was talking to for a second. <laughs> I apologize again for bringing Breakwell into this conversation. I thought your point was the products on podcasts are crap. And okay. I'm saying, I don't know if these made me grow hair, because obviously every time I get on this show, I lose it again. <laughs> but it was good. My wife okay. likes it. She still buys the stuff. Like, it's all right. All right. I, I retract it. There has been one good product advertised on podcasts <laughs> in the history of podcasts. And it just so happens to have been advertised <laughs> by one of the two people on this particular podcast. An outstanding coincidence. But beyond that, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of stuff out there that, that's terribly worthwhile, but that, that's okay. I mean, but yeah, I mean, if this were like a super, you know, popular podcast, we'd have to probably try. We'd probably have to put like the slightest bit of research into it. We'd have to like get an <laughs> editor. The sound quality would matter. I just like, you know, so yesterday I tried to, I'm trying to do YouTube videos again. I, I, I go through these spurts. I'm like, you know what? I'm just wasting that social media platform. I've got to produce videos. I've got to do this. And I'll go through, and like yesterday it took me like four tries. The first time I went through, we shot it. We had so many great spontaneous moments. It was awesome. And somehow the microphone wasn't hooked up. It was seven oh, minutes no. of silent video. It's like, man, if my livelihood depended on this, this would be devastating. Luckily, I didn't even run ads on YouTube. I was gonna, I was gonna get some imaginary internet points and zero dollars of that video had worked. So it's okay. But like for us, when you know somebody calls in the middle and knocks you off the phone or something like that, it's yeah. it's nice that this doesn't matter. It takes the pressure off. There's so many other things that do. It's always good to know that no matter what I talk about with you, there are zero world, real world consequences because nothing here matters. Nobody hears us. We are talking into the void, and that is our comfort zone. <laughs> well, James, before we let everybody go, can I walk? the folks down to see the Breakwell Wall of Fame? I would love it. I'm, I'm kind of shocked you didn't walk us down there in the first place. Please well, take us there, on the tour. Well, there's a technological problem in that they'll be able to hear me, but you will not. Okay. Well, I will I will sit here patiently humming to myself. Actually, humming silently <laughs> yeah. so it's not to disrupt the broadcast. <laughs> so go ahead and do that, but please describe it in vivid detail because you do. there are like one or two people who listen to the audio-only form of this podcast. I would okay. not want them okay. to miss out. Okay, I gotta take out my headphones and uh, pull the phone and, uh, uh, okay. You'll be able to hear part of it here. I can't hear you anymore. I got the headphones off. Ah. All right, grabbing the phone and I'm gonna flip it around here. Oh, it looks like I can't. Hmm. All right, well, you're gonna keep my pretty face. This, by the way, oh, that's my pretty face right there. That's a uh, giant, the commute poster but this is all of the wall of fame all of the real celebrities and not real with air quotes like breakwell wants me to do but all the celebs that have been on the show so let us uh, take a walk down the hallway that's my therapy office right there we're walking into the breezeway that uh oh what have we there looky look first of all there's me again and there's james breakwell if you notice, by the way, James kind of positioned the picture so that it cut the top of his head off, but you have all the way down to his belly button on the photo. I, I don't know why a photographer made those decisions, but I'm guessing Breakwell had something to do with it. That's the toilet. 
that's uh, the, the, the ficus tree in the corner of the bathroom. And you can hear when I'm in here, the voice gets a little bit echoey because it is a small bathroom and it's got the Breakwell Wall of Fame. So there's my little mini fridge that we talked about. We talked about all the Insure. I will show you, by the way. There's a ton of Insure in there. Love that stuff. And the microwave, and you're going to get dizzy here. Hold on. Here's my waiting room, and that is Shea. This, by the way, is the box that alert listener Justin wrote in and said, Hey, because Breakwell sent you that picture, why don't you send him the mysterious box and make it his problem? <laughs> I thought, ooh, that's a perfect idea. All right, I got you back, James. Did you miss me? I did hear that you're going to send me the mysterious box, possibly. <laughs> it's right underneath the camera phone as we speak. Ooh. Well, I did hear bits and pieces, and then I was all alone with my thoughts, and it was terrible. It was exactly as bad as you might imagine, <laughs> but you're back now, and I already missed the silence. Oh. Well, we got to walk everyone out of here. Do you have any closing thoughts on this bucket list episode of Wrong and Wronger? I hope that someday you do get your Rolex from Podcast Money, and I hope when you get it, it instantly breaks, and you learn a valuable lesson <laughs> about the cursed nature of this podcast. Oh, 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 I'm well aware as we sit, James. Well, you can send us your bucket list ideas and we'll ignore them just like you're ignoring ours right now. But this has been another episode of Wrong and Wronger. I dare say it was a scintillating episode because you got to see the bathroom in Olivas' office and a picture of Brinkwell. But until we meet again next week, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding all over that poster Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember as always, two wrongs can make a right.